This evening we're going to look at the faith of Manoah. If you are familiar with the book of Judges, you will be familiar with the sentiment that is offered up in the first verse of chapter 13. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. I was thinking about that and I can't decide which is the worst word in there, the evil or the again. The children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. The, the, the book of Judges, uh, the, the period of the Judges, uh, they reckon spans 400 to 450 years. Um, and they weren't in captivity and um, occupation all of that time. They were peaks and troughs. There were times when they were taken into captivity and then there was times of great repentance and the Lord delivered them. We, we, we get a sense of this as the last verses of this chapter tell us that the child alluded to earlier on was born and was called Samson. So we knew the deliverer there or the judge to come but we're not looking at Samson today we're going to focus on his parents Manoah and unfortunately his wife and she seems to be the stronger one but she's just given the title of his wife Um, but we have Manoah and his wife uh, and that's what we will focus on today I I have a a book um, on the book on Judges at Home by Ian Paisley, so he likes a jazzy title. He called the book Divine Interventions in Days of Declension. So that gives us a a sense of what is coming, a divine intervention, God intervening for his people in the days of their declension, their backsliding, their falling away. Uh, And we will see that today in part through the the life and through the faith that we see evidenced by this man, Manoah. So we will firstly see his faith to believe the supernatural. So with the background to this story then, uh, this account is that Israel once again has done evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord has delivered them into the Philistines' hands for 40 years. And we read that there was a certain man of Zorah and his family of the Danites whose name was Manoah and his wife. And his wife was barren. Uh, They didn't have children. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And then she gave instructions as to how she was to live and how she was to raise her son. Verse 6, and this is where we pick up on the faith of Manoah. Verses 6 and 7. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told he me his name. And he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And now now, 
drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Two two interesting things happened there. Firstly, she told her husband Manoah that she had seen an angel of the Lord. And there's no hint of any doubt in his mind. And that's not a common occurrence, is it? If somebody came in and told you that they'd seen a man, uh, an angel of the Lord or a man sent from God, I think every single one of us would be a little bit, yeah, are you sure? Is that right? How can you tell? Especially if they backed that up with the second amazing thing. And he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. She is barren. We don't know what age of a woman she was, but she was barren. You will have a son. She wasn't able to have children, but this man of God told her that she would have a son. And she went straight and told her husband these things. And her husband does not show any sign of doubt. And he hadn't seen the angel of the Lord. He hadn't seen this man of God who looked like an angel. He just had the faith to believe. And it is a supernatural occurrence. There's no sign of any doubt. Usually when there is doubt in people, we are told of this. And then the Lord either encourages them or rebukes them, uh, depending on how they, they respond. But there is nothing here to indicate any doubt. But he had the faith to believe the supernatural. Now, we read in Hebrews chapter 1, that that great chapter of faith, and it opens up, verse 1 of the chapter opens up with a definition of what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, the hoped for is not just a wishful hope, it's a sure and certain hope but we haven't seen the evidence of these things. It goes on to say, by faith, we we believe that the worlds were framed, that God made the worlds. We haven't seen creation. We believe that God made things. I, I, I found a help, I read a helpful thing a lot of years ago, so I can't give credit to who it was, describing faith in three elements, knowledge, belief, and trust. I've used this example before, and I use it in Sunday school quite often, of a chair. Firstly, you have to know what the purpose of the chair is. You know whether it's a chair, you know what its purpose is to be sat on. The second thing you need to do is believe that the chair is safe enough to sit on. Before you actually plonk yourself down, you have to believe that it's, it's, it's a safe structure not like some comedy sketch where you know that the one of the legs is wonky and it's going to fall off. You know that the chair is um, stable. You believe it's stable. But then you trust that you know what it is and prove your belief by physically sitting on the chair. That's a very simple way to sort of see faith. We have to have knowledge. We have to have belief and we have to have trust. He had faith to believe his wife in what she said. And and this was a very supernatural occurrence. 
So he had faith to believe the supernatural. And his response to this confirms his faith, which then leads us nicely into the second point. He had faith to pray for guidance. So she's told him this in verses 6 and 7. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Verse 8. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what shall we do unto the child that shall be born. So, here this supernatural event has occurred and the angel of the Lord has appeared to Manoah's wife and told him, or told her rather, this uh, story, this future event that would come to pass that she would have a son. So what does Manoah do? He prays to the Lord, he entreats the Lord, Lord, tell us how we are to guide this child, how we are to bring him up. It's not a case of, Lord, is this right? Is this going to happen? The certainty was there. This is going to happen. Lord, guide us. Teach us how to bring up this child. Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us. Isn't that a great prayer to pray in every circumstance? Let the man of God come again unto us. Whether it, we, in this instance, uh, this was a, a special visitation. But for anybody who would come and teach and preach and share the gospel, Lord, let this man of God come again unto us. Give us more guidance, lead us, teach us more. He had faith to pray. For, for more guidance, he had received a great blessing, but he wanted more and he went straight to the one who could hear and answer. It's a very specific request, isn't it? Prayer for guidance. In this case, praying for guidance of how to bring up the child. But we can pray for guidance, can't we? For our work situations, our family decisions, life directions, and, and, and so many other things. But we have to have faith to pray, otherwise we're just mouthing words. We should pray believing that God will open doors and close doors and take us forward and lead us forward and guide us on the way. Like the Israelites as they left the um, land of Egypt, they were led by a cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, as we've, we sung earlier on. Pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me in thy powerful hand. Is the faith to pray for guidance. And that's a great example, isn't it, to, to us as well, to remember that we don't stand in our own strength. We can't go forward in our own strength. We haven't got the knowledge, the wisdom to do these things. We need to look to the Lord we need to ask for him to take us forward. So Manoah had faith to believe his wife when she told him this supernatural event. He had faith to pray to God for further guidance. So there's no hint of a doubt in his mind at either of these two points. 
I think it was Spurgeon one time said, even the best of men are at best men. We're not infallible. We have our failings. And we see that too with Manoah and his faith faltered. So we've gone through this whole account and then Manoah has met with the man of God. He appeared to uh, his wife the second time and she went and brought Manoah and Manoah spoke with him and offered and, and said that offered the hospitality. And the angel of the Lord, we read in verse 16, said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. Verse 19, so Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. So here we have Manoah has offered um, a meat offering unto the Lord. And then we read in verse 21 that the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he had seen an angel of the Lord. Verse 22, and Manoah said unto his wife, we shall surely die because we have seen God. And this really is a stark reminder to us all, isn't it? Our faith might be strong today, but we might falter. And we might sort of have doubts. And Manoah has come up with this statement, we shall surely die because we have seen God. But what had the angel of the Lord told them? He told them a great many things, one of which being, you will have a son and he will deliver Israel from the Palestine, from, from the Philistines. Now, if they were to die, how could that have happened? It couldn't. So what drew Manoah to this thought? It's perhaps he'd misunderstood some of the previous teachings. If we read in... Um, Genesis there we read of Jacob and he wrestled with the Lord and I'm just going to have to turn to that one in in Genesis 32 so I don't misquote there and after he had wrestled with the Lord he named the place where they were uh, Penuel Um, there we go and Jacob called the name of the place Peniel for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. So we might have got something from that and thought that if you see God, you die. Or in Exodus 33, we read of Moses. Um, and the Lord's speaking and he says to, to Moses, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. 
So there may be something in, in that. Or, or even when uh, the Lord appeared and spoke to the people after the Ten Commandments were given. We read that in Deuteronomy. But really it's more a case of he would not have been, Moses would not have been able to see the full glory of the Lord. He couldn't comprehend that, that level of glory. But what was here was Manoah and his wife had seen this angel of the Lord, um, and hadn't died. So what made him think that they would die sometime after? He was still alive, so he'd obviously misunderstood in, in some, in some way what that meant and that's where faith starts to falter isn't it when we either don't know scriptures or we don't understand them properly or we haven't thought about them properly and then people come along and tell us things that and we can't disprove them because we don't know enough and then we start thinking is that right has god said and and you can see how these things fall into place so it's a reminder to us to read our scriptures, to know our scriptures, to know our God, to know who he is, to understand what he is teaching, to meditate upon these things. Think about what we have read. Think about what we have just thought about. Think about the sermon we heard that day. Think about uh, the the midweek meeting. Think about these things. We are really to seek after God. And that is a good starting point for us, isn't it? To seek after God. And then we will strengthen our faith as we meditate upon him and as we think about him and as we draw closer to him. So his faith falters. Good news for him, though, he was not alone. And in this instance, his wife supported him. Verse 22, and Manoah said unto his wife, we shall surely die because we have seen God. 23, but his wife said unto him, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would have, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would, uh, as at this time, have told us such things as these. If he was going to kill us, if we were going to die, he wouldn't have accepted our offering. He wouldn't have told us these things. He wouldn't have showed us these things. So here is a deeper understanding. Manoah's wife appreciated what had happened. And this was indeed a special visitation and it was not a destructive visitation. They were not going to die. They were blessed because of this their sacrifice was accepted and we've seen plenty of times through the scriptures of what happens when sacrifices are not accepted when they are not given in the right way so we can conclude here that Manoah and his wife offered the sacrifices in an acceptable manner then the things told them were future events The child would be born and he would deliver Israel. So that deliverance wouldn't come in an instant. Firstly, the child had to be born. And then secondly, he had to be of an age to to deliver. So the time 
as we we read there, 40 years. So they were probably in some form of um, captivity at this stage. So it was the best part of 40 years that they had to to wait. So that that was a future plan. This might be, and and there's no certainty around this, this might be why his wife received the visitation from uh, the angel of the Lord. Because in this particular case, we don't know the full life story of the two of them, but here she seems to be the stronger spiritually. So that might be why the angel of the Lord appeared to her and that she received the two visits. It's a great lesson to be learned here from, from this. We must support each other in our Christian walks. It's great to have somebody, uh, to be married to somebody, to share these things with, to talk about things, to strengthen and encourage each other. That goes beyond the the, the, the husband and wife. It goes into the family. It goes into the church. So as a body of believers, we should be looking to encourage and strengthen one another. We have to do this firstly by, as we've already alluded to, by building up our own faith, strengthening our own knowledge, building ourselves up so that we are then ready to help others in their walk with God. I, 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 I often allude to the two on the road to Emmaus. Can you imagine that? The two of them, they were talking about the things of the day and encouraging and even in their distress, they would be encouraged as they talked with each other. But then the Lord drew alongside them. And so it will be with us as we talk with each other, the Lord will draw alongside. I know it's only a, a piece of uh, writing, but Pilgrim's Progress gives us a great example of a journey and walking together, Christian and faithful and then Christian and hopeful. And every time you read of them, walking along, they are walking and talking about some spiritual matter. So we start with ourselves, we try and build ourselves up, then we be ready to help each other. But also, don't always look for others to be helping you. There are times for that, but it mustn't be every time. So we need to be ready and willing and able to look to each other and to help each other, to talk to each other, to build up each other, in our spiritual faith. I think we can slightly excuse this one a little bit today, but the the verse in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhort and encourage one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, but encourage and exhort one another. Are we good enough at that? Do we encourage and exhort one another to, to greater faith? So we've seen from Manoah, he had the faith to believe the supernatural. And that's something that we all need to have because salvation is a supernatural event. It is not natural. It is of God. It is only of God. He had faith to seek further guidance from the Lord. And we should turn to the Lord as well and seek after him. His faith faltered. And again, ours will do from time to time. But we need to keep searching and looking for the Lord and keeping as close to him as we can. And we need the support of others. 
And it's good to have the support of others. So we need to have faith in God, as we've seen in this chapter, for guidance and for deliverance. But we need to have faith in Jesus Christ for our salvation. I gave the example of the chair earlier on, knowledge and belief and trust. It's all good and well in, a, in, a, in a having a faith in a, in a practical object, but that is only good for sitting. We need to have the object of our primary or the primary object of our faith needs to be Jesus Christ. We need to trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. We need to trust in Jesus Christ to be the one who died for me. And can we all leave here today saying that, that I believe that Jesus Christ died for me, died to take away my sins. And perhaps the most encouraging verse in the chapter is verse 9. After Manoah has entreated the Lord for guidance as to what to do, And verse 9 opens up with, And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. Isn't that a great encouragement? Manoah prays to the Lord. He entreats the Lord. And God hears the voice. God hearkens to the voice of Manoah. And he responded by sending the angel again, angel of God, again. God hears us when we call upon him. God hears us when we pray to him. If we pray and ask for salvation, he will hear the prayer. Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Call upon him this night, and he will give you salvation for your soul. Amen.